You're listening to an Axe Church sermon. Axe Church Northwest is located in Vancouver, Washington, and we have services meeting each week at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You can also join us online live at our 11 a.m. service each Sunday. If you'd like to know more about Axe Church Northwest, you can go to axechurchnw.org. Now enjoy the sermon. Good morning, Axe Church. It's another one of those Sundays where... Uh, we aren't able to meet together, and yet we still are going to worship the Lord and study His Word. I'm here this morning. Actually, to be honest with you, it's Saturday late afternoon that we're filming this, um, and I'm here with Hunter. Hello. Thanks for dressing up. I appreciate the hat. That's, hey, I got the call. I showed up. Yeah. <laughs> Good excuse. <laughs> no. Hunter, Hunter's okay. He just he didn't hadn't done his hair yet today. Uh, maybe it's if Saturday, you're lucky, man. he'll take that out and off, and we'll get to see that. Did you not want me to tell him that? Oh, it's all right. I, We're going to do something. I'm editing this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. I, I command that you do not. Uh, so here's the deal. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to start out with some prayer. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to start with some prayer. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go through the word and we're going to read some passages and we're going to kind of talk about, uh, you know, what, what they mean and, and how we should be affected by them. But really the idea of this morning is it's time to do some encouraging, which has been something very common, uh, in this, these past months where we've gone through a lot of stuff where we just, we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged as Christ's body. We need to be encouraged as the shield wall. We need to be unified. We need to be, um, moving forward as the body of Christ in a fallen world that is progressively and progressively more fallen, we need to be um, encouraging each other, remembering the peace and the, and the joy and the conquering that we have in Jesus Christ. And so we want to do that this morning um, just by kind of walking through some, some scripture. But before we do that, let's pray. We're going to pray about uh, those affected by the fires. Uh, those affected with illnesses. We've had a number of different illnesses, uh, including the COVID stuff, as well as the mental health uh, concerns that we've had. And let me just tell you, if you're, if you're suffering, if you're struggling with uh, depression, anxiety, um, difficulties, mental health issues, let me just tell you something so that you, so you can be comforted. You're not alone. This has been, I have never, ever seen anything like the amount of mental health uh, difficulties that we have seen within the church, outside the church, just in general, um, that are coming around as a result of uh, what's been going on. And there's a lot of reasons for that, including the lack of community uh, that a lot of people have experienced. We still have people in our church who have not yet been able to come and, and be with us. None of us are, are here uh, this morning, uh, but we have been for, what, six or eight weeks or something now able to come mm-hmm. back. But a lot of people still haven't been able to. And, uh, you know, be praying for them. Because being out of community is, you know, without calling them, texting them, and we do. And, and the staff of the church tends to catch up with people, and we, and we do that. Uh, but without that, people will wither without, their, without being connected to the body. And so we want to pray for them, and we want to pray for the hope of the gospel to go out in power into the world. I believe the time is very short, very short for the church. I believe that the last of the Gentiles, as, as the scripture says, are coming into the kingdom at this point. And then when that's over, you know, we, we believe, uh, that the Lord is going to take his church, uh, and that the Holy Spirit who has been here in power in the church, restraining the evil of the world, we're going to be, we're going to be out. 
and, and the end times are going to come. And I believe that that's, that we have good reason to believe that that time is not far off. And so we want to, we want to pray that the gospel, the power of the gospel, as long as the Lord gives us, whether it's another hour or whether it's another year or whether it's another however long, we want to pray that the power of the gospel uh, to bring hope and peace to people who will submit themselves to Jesus Christ and come to know him is going to go out. So let's just, we're going to just pray. The first thing I'm going to do is, and you'll have to do this in editing, but I'm just going to put like 30 seconds up and just let you kind of get your heart after we've worshiped this morning, get your hearts, uh, begin praying. And then uh, I guess that thing will end. And then what I'm about to do will start happening. So um, we'll just take that 30 seconds and, and pray. Let's pray together. Father, we just pray. We look outside this morning and we see smoke. Uh, We see that the world where we live is covered with the evidence of destruction that is happening uh, as our trees and homes and buildings and possessions and vehicles and, and some people's life memories are burning up. And we just ask, Lord, for comfort for those who have lost their homes, that they would find comfort in you, that they would not seek to find it anywhere else but in you, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit they would say, Jesus is Lord, and that they would submit themselves to you and and, and experience the peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, we pray for those who are fighting the fires that you would keep them safe, Lord. We've already, lives have been lost already in this. We pray that those who are missing would be found, that those who have lost their lives, that you'd be with their families. We pray that those who have lost their lives knew you. God, we cry out to you as as a people, as your church. Lord, show mercy. Show mercy. Let people come to know you. Draw them to yourself that they might know you. There's no way they're going to find you without the drawing of your Holy Spirit, Lord, and we pray for that. Lord, we pray for those dealing with illness. We've had many in our church and around us and and all around who have had illness, including uh, the COVID coronavirus uh, pandemic that's been all over the world, Lord, that uh, so many have lost their lives or their health to that. But there's so many other things too, as well as uh, uh, mental health issues. Lord, for those that are suffering from anxiety, from depression, God, I just pray your Holy Spirit's comfort would come upon them in power. Lord, that we would just be comforted this morning or whenever we're listening to this, Lord, that we would just be comforted, reminded of who you are. Lord, that we would reach out to one another, that we'd help one another. God, thank you. Thank you for all that you are. Lord, we pray that the hope of the gospel the power of the gospel and your Holy Spirit would go out. Lord, we are your body. We have your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would, through us, go out in power to bring people to know you 
as the hour is late and we grow closer and closer to the time when you will return for your church, God. We pray that as many as as you have for yourself that you are drawing would come and that we would get to be a part of that. God, we pray for our nation. We pray for our community, but we pray for the whole world. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Honduras, uh, our brothers and sisters who are who are part of our our extended body up in Alaska. Lord, we pray for the churches in the Philippines. Lord, we pray for the churches in Africa, for the churches in China, for the churches in India, for the many many Christians in Ethiopia who are suffering, who are being persecuted, who are dying because they refuse to deny your name. Lord, comfort, peace, give us the strength your strength to get through these times, Lord, and to see your face, Lord, we pray you'd come quickly and we might see you soon. We love you, Lord. Be with our people. Lord, let us get into your word today and just comfort us through your word. Just let us experience your peace. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So one of the things, Hunter, I wanted to, to talk about today and this actually, I started working through a sermon a couple of weeks ago um, that the Lord was, I believe the Holy Spirit was bringing to me that I was actually going to do last week, but um, ended up feeling like I should continue with, with what we did uh, in the Psalms last week. Uh, and so apparently he had it for now. Um, and instead of it being a sermon, we're just going to kind of talk through the ideas that were, that were in my head because I was just feeling like we need to be encouraged and we need to be comforted. And my heart goes out to our church and those who have been feeling like they're under spiritual attack, physical attack, you know, these kinds of things, uh, that, that they understand who they are in Christ, that they understand the power that we have in the Lord and that they understand that we do not need to be afraid. We're not given a spirit of fear, that fear is not part of love, that perfect love can cast out all the fear that we have. And, and as we go through this and, and yet another thing, right? So it was this and it was that and it was whatever. And now these fires. And after that, who knows, right? But we are his body and we're his church. And so for me, personally, I can tell you without equivocation, without the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, without God, my God, my Father, and his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and his Holy Spirit, I would be completely overcome. I would have been completely overcome at many stages in my life if the Lord had not drawn me closer and closer, sometimes through real difficulties, to himself and and to be able to to know that well I may stumble here and there I may start to sink from time to time as Peter did in the water that with my God I will not be moved. Now you're a younger person than me. People can probably tell that from the video. What how do you feel God has has done that in you or or do you feel that or or how have you been encouraged by the church uh, by the teaching you received in your life from from uh, Christ Church? to either agree with that or say that you struggle with it. I mean, I want to hear, do you feel like you won't be moved? Do you feel like you live in the power of the Holy Spirit and that if you weren't, that you wouldn't be able to handle it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know that I have as much, you know, life experience to to prove that necessarily. Uh, but I definitely think, I, I definitely get the feeling that um, when craziness, I mean, it's been a crazy year just in general, um, and I think it has, uh, some to do with, uh, the personality that God's given me, uh, in general, but it takes a lot more to move me. It seems like, it seems like things that are really bad to people, like, like they're, they just don't know how they're going to go on. Like I, I have a hope for tomorrow that like, I don't even have, like 
certainly things are like bad and I'm, and I'm, um, upset about, you know, the, the pain that these things are causing people. Um, I've been lucky enough not to really be directly, uh, it's probably not luck, but well, yeah, but I haven't been, uh, <laughs> yes, I providentially haven't been, uh, deeply affected by any of these different crises that we've kind of faced this year. Um, you know, during the coronavirus, I didn't lose my job. I didn't um, have anyone I know get sick from it or anything like that. Um, I had just inconvenienced by the bad weather outside right now. Um, I'm not really um, taking on any uh, hardship right now, but uh, I definitely just have a feeling that I, I, I know that something could happen. I, I actually, these things kind of remind me, you know, people are losing their homes right now and that same thing could happen to me, um, whether it's fire or, or whatever it is, the earth is broken and, and things like that are going to happen. And, and I, I contemplate what, what would that look like for me? How would I, where would I turn to in that moment of crisis? Um, would I find rest in the Holy Spirit? Would I find rest, um, in God's promise of, of hope for tomorrow? And I at least like to think that I would, I at least have that knowledge, um, and that, uh, understanding of my heart. I haven't really had to face it yet, but I think so. I think, um, I definitely can look to that as hope. I find it really interesting that to you, you haven't had a lot of, in, in, in the way that you describe it, you haven't had a lot of difficulty and you haven't had a lot of whatever, but I've, I'm from outside and I've watched, you've had as much difficulty as most people. You, you had a baby in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. nice though. Cause it was like, everything else was shut down at the same time that I had to kind of shut down life. Like well, everything in my life had to stop right. for a while. But there, but, but for a lot of people, certainly. Yeah. Those kinds of life, uh, big life things happening in the midst of difficulties. They don't have that attitude of it that you're talking about where it's like, no, I, I really, God has been good to me. And he has been no question. You're mm-hmm. right. You didn't mm-hmm. lose your job. Your house hasn't, hasn't burned down. It might, right. both of those things could happen. Yeah. Right. We, we don't know. All right. I, I know. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Should I? <laughs> Anything could happen, and and the the attitude that we grow in as we tie ourselves to Scripture is, whatever happens, whatever happens, I will I will still maintain joy. I want to I want to read some Scripture. Um, Why? Well, you know, it's church. I thought it would be worthwhile oh, okay. because I don't have a lot of valuable things to say, but the Lord does. And so this is Jesus. This is after the Last uh, Supper, and he's, and he's speaking to his disciples. And start in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Things were going to happen to the disciples. We know that because we know the rest of the story and we've read yeah. the whole book. They were going to go through things that were going to uh, have the potential to cause fear and to cause their hearts to be troubled. So Jesus is telling them, listen, I'm leaving my peace with you. I'm giving my peace to you. You don't need to, you know, do, in fact, it's really a command. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We clearly are facing in the world today unprecedented. All I keep hearing is unprecedented, unprecedented, not in our lifetimes, not for a hundred years, not for a thousand years, you know, whatever. Right. Like all these things that are happening 
I believe there's a bigger story to this, and we can and we can and will be getting into that and teaching about what the Lord says about the end times and and what it looks like for the world to be groaning in labor pains that get uh, faster, uh, you know, more closer together and more intense as the world groans as we look for the redemption of our bodies mm. uh, and look for the redemption when God will make all things new. Uh, that's a that's a thing. Meanwhile, those things are difficult. Those things can cause people's hearts to, uh, to be afraid, to be troubled. Uh, and Jesus is saying, listen, you have, you have my peace. You have my peace. Um, and while I think that if we look at what that looks like, it looks like even when things are difficult. It doesn't say, because you have my peace, it's not going to hurt. Right. Because you have my peace, it's, it's going to be, you know, Jesus clearly had to go through more intense pain than any of us will ever go through for us. And it wasn't like it didn't hurt. Of course it hurt. He felt it, every lash. But he had peace. And so what does it look like for you? And I can, I can talk about what it looks like for me, but what does it look like for you in terms of reminding yourself that you have Christ's peace? Did, when you go through, you get up in the morning, and another news story hits and, and things are difficult. And here you are, you have this brand new baby and you have, and you're married and you're, and you're walking through life and I'm making you do too much stuff here at the church or whatever. <laughs> How do you walk through that process of reminding yourself? Yeah, I think um, at a certain point, I just start to feel that overwhelming fear or not even necessarily fear, but like anxiety um, that, that comes on when, when you start, when it seems like out of this corner of your life, it's coming this way. And in this corner of your life, it's coming another way. Um, when that starts happening, I try to, and it usually takes, you know, a little while of actually just enduring it. Um, at this point in my life, I, I seem to go through that. I, I allow that to hit me for a while before I realize, hey, let's take a step back. Let's think about what the Lord's done for me, what he's promised to me, and why uh, these challenges that I'm facing aren't actually um, challenges that are going to overwhelm me. They are just uh, temporary um, trials that I should count as joy, that I shouldn't be um, overwhelmed by them because I have a Lord who has overcome death um, already. Yeah, that's that's good. For All me, right, thank it, you. it's similar for me. Um, okay. I, when I start to face fear, and, we'll, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, uh, Lord willing, a little later today, but there is a sense in which I have to, I have to speak the truth to myself about who I am in Christ, what he said he's done for me, what he said he's going to do for me. I want to read another verse, John 16, 33, basically in the next page here, um, a couple pages away. And he says this, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He says, you will have tribulation. There's tribulation in the world. It's kind of, it's almost definitional to being in the world is that you will have tribulation, trouble, mm-hmm. difficulty. If I, if somebody comes to you and says, I mean, it's an interesting word tribulation because we don't use it a lot. Yeah. But if somebody comes to you and says, you're going to have tribulation, you're not thinking a hangnail, right? right? The world, you will have tribulation, but Jesus has overcome the world and we're in him. We have his peace and he's overcome the world. 
you ever have you ever I know you used to do cross country. I don't remember what other sports you play, baseball or something. Yeah. Have you ever had a a game that was super difficult and in the midst of it, it didn't look like you were gonna win and and it was really hard and in the end you won. Has that ever happened for you? You know, you're racing there, whatever, the little shorts that y'all wear for the um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've I've had bad I've had bad runs and bad races that turn into good runs or good races. Uh, like a second wind kicks in or whatever, and mm-hmm. and and I finish stronger than I started. If that so makes you sense. haven't won, is what you're trying to say? No, okay, I, I, I haven't ever won. Don't worry, I wouldn't have even finished <laughs> any of them. So, um, yeah, I, I, best on. place I ever finished was second place because oh, that's good. Our fastest runner uh, was having an injury, and then our second fastest runner was sick. And still ran, but just didn't run very good. And so then I was like, I made second place. Hey, you take them however you can. Out of 14 runners. Right, right. Hey, I would have been in 14th place Uh, at least. So Uh, I remember a game one time uh, we're playing football against Prairie High School. Uh, Oh, I live by there. Yeah, that's where Tiffany went to high school because, you know, no one's perfect. But we were playing Prairie High School up in District Stadium where Battleground and Prairie play. And we play a half of football and we're just getting smoked yeah they're up 14-0 we walk back into the locker room and they're saying things that i won't repeat <laughs> because you kind of have to walk like you both of you are kind of it's a weird way usually you don't see the other team when you go to the locker room but at this but you guys had to walk through the same hallway we going to like a the same place it was it was outside but they were yelling stuff at us like oh we got you sons of mothers and whatever <laughs> they were saying i don't you know whatever they're saying um Just it wasn't it was unkind you know we go in the locker room we're all kind of down whatever we come back out we end up in the second half Winning, we beat them twenty-one fourteen, uh, and and at the yeah, end, fourteen-point lead isn't really time to start to start smack talking. Talk to Prairie High School <laughs> twenty whatever years ago. Hopefully, they've learned something since then. But the point is, it was there. There are the difficult time that you go through, and in that time, you don't know that you're going to win. In fact, when you've been when you've scored zero and they've scored two touchdowns, you're not thinking it looks like we're going to win. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, and and so at that time, it may be difficult. But here we have Christ saying, "Look, I've already overcome the." World. World. Yeah. You will have tribulation, but I've already overcome like you win. We can read we can read the scripture. We know. It's kind of like watching a movie that you've already seen. Right. And like seeing like I almost don't like that cuz like I get to see all that all the trial, but mm-hmm. I know at the end unless it's just a terrible movie and everything goes bad at the end. But like usually you know like oh this good thing is going to happen. Yes. Same type of thing. So when you watch the movie the first time, there's some nervousness about the tension of the thing, but when right. you watch it the second time, you know. Right. The hero wins or yes. whatever. Assuming you're talking about a movie where the hero wins. Right, right. Um, it's, there is a similarity, okay? This is not an apples to apples analogy because it's really not like that. It's not a 21-14 win. It's an infinity to zero win. Right. Uh, you know, we have complete, God has completely won. He has overcome Satan and sin and death and all of that. And we have already won and no we're already- no competition. We're already seated in the heavenly places with him and so on. The, the difficulties that we experience, we experience because we're still in the world doing his work, that the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do his work that he might draw others to himself out of the fallen world. Uh, and we go through that because we love him and because he first loved us and because we know that part of the reason things are the way they are is because of our own sin. Right. And, you know, prior to, to being gloriously saved by Jesus Christ, I was a completely reprobate man. Mm-hmm. And, and he saved me and I understand what it means to see others come from death to life. And so, we are going to experience the tribulation because we're in the world, not of the world, in the world. 
but we, but the game is over. The game is over. And so recognizing that, that we will not be overcome. Christ has overcome the world. Doesn't mean we won't die. Doesn't mean we won't starve. Doesn't mean we won't go through difficult things. Doesn't mean any of those things. What it means is, is that what's important eternally has already been taken care of. And so Romans 8, 31 through 39, if you have your Bibles, you can look this up. It'll also be on the screen for you, but I want to read through this and I want us to kind of talk about it a little bit. It says this, this is Romans 8, 31 through 39, uh, New King James Version. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's, it is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, here we go into this list. Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, and we could add into that, or pandemic, or fire, mm-hmm. or murder hornets, or hurricane, or, you know, uh, political elections, or whatever, you could, you could do all of that. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded And neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know of many scriptural passages that that more clearly lay out for us the intense and unbreakable power of the love of God. Mm -hmm. When... No matter what you're going through, right? Everything from up through death, mm-hmm. spiritual uh, attack, you know, whatever it is, here we're told none of that, if you'll, just, if you'll just put that aside for a second and focus on Jesus, none of that has even the slightest power to separate you from God's love, from his provision, from everlasting life, from being made new, from all that he wants to do. Nothing will come against that. Because his love and what he's done is above everything. So he goes through the whole thing about being attacked. Early on, it talks about the, being accused, right? And who, who is it? If God's for us, who can be against us? If God says we're justified in Christ Jesus because of what he's done in dying and rising again, who can tell us? We know Satan's the accuser. Who mm. can tell us that we're not good enough or that we should live in shame or that we should be any of that? We're free from all of that. And though we may go through difficulties, we are more than conquerors. Like I say, it's infinity to zero. It's not, we're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And there's nothing that can separate us from his love. How does that play that out for me? You know, there's, there's a lot of people in the church, uh, part of our body who are going to, who are going through stuff and need, need to have this in their heart. As for you, as a person in our body, just like me, how does that make you feel about the things or the fears or the concerns of a young family. See, it's different for a young family. Like I'm old now, right? My kids are, are like, Ethan's bigger than me now. And so I, it's not as big of a concern. I can't imagine going through some of these things, looking at the world right now until the Lord comes back. You have a very young family. Mm-hmm. What is it like for you to read something like this? And, and what kind of a peace does it give you? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, a lot of things that come up 
um, my first kind of thought is how is this going to affect my daughter now? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I feel like I I feel comfortable facing these things because I have this hope, and I feel comfortable f- for my wife facing these things because she has the same hope um, in God. Um, but I start th- I think about and we're you know we're adults now. Um, we mm. <laughs> we're <laughs> legally yes, adults. You're adults now. now. You're adults now. <laughs> um, and and so we're we're kind of set on a path already. We're already kind of down this road, and um, it's we we feel I feel established, I guess, on it. Um, I feel firm in my faith. I feel um, like I have confidence in in the choices that I've made to bring me to this point. Obviously, not all the choices I've made, but um, overall, I think that that I know where God is calling me to, and I, I can follow that. But when I see um, some of the the distress in the world, whether it's, um, you know, the brokenness of, of our, like the teenagers in our society, like there's so much, um, pain and, and different issues that they're facing. Um, I, I think about my daughter. And so, um, might've gotten a little off. No, 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 <laughs> track I, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Um, but, uh, so I, you know, I just want that for her, I suppose, is what, is what I think about is, um, I hope that she sees, um, the value of this passage that, uh, cause no, no doubt she's probably going to go through more, um, in her first 26 years of life than I've gone through in my first 26 years of life. Right. Um, and she's so, going to have more of, as the world becomes, as the fallen of the world becomes more and more, your daughter will face a different level yes. of a spiritual battle as well as a physical battle based right. on what we're dealing with than you did. Right. And I, and I have hope for her. Um, in this passage. So I'm comforted in it, but I just hope um, that she will see that. And obviously she's too young to explain this to you right now. She's yeah, she doesn't talk. Doesn't much. take what I say very seriously right now. She doesn't. Um, so I, I, you know, I just hope that, that she will you should uh, probably tell people how old she is. She's right five months old. Okay. okay. <laughs> she's when I said that she doesn't pay much attention to what I say right now, it's she's either five months old or she's 15. Yeah. Uh, one of those two. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, but she, can you imagine if I had a 15 year old daughter? That'd be some. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'd be talking parenting. about <laughs> what, why you needed the Lord in your life at such a young age. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I hope that, that um, she will find the same hope and solitude. And I, I mean, she, that's kind of like the easiest person in my life to to have that type of love and concern for. But really, that extends um, when I when I consider. Um, just the people I see passing by in the grocery store where it seems like, um, you, you know, for whatever reason, I can just tell that they are kind of lost and spinning in their lives and they don't know um, what's coming next. Um, I, I have that same desire for them that they would that they right. would find the Lord and that they would have hope in that. Um, I just, you know, yeah. doubt it comes to mind quickly. Yeah, no, I, uh, my heart breaks more and more for all of those who are lost, for all of those who are without that they have never read this scripture or they don't think it applies to them or they don't believe it or they don't understand it or Jesus isn't Lord in their life. And, and they're just, they have no, they have nothing to hold on to. Yeah. And, and, and the difficulties in the world come and they, and they, like you said, they spin out, right. Right. Or they try to find something to hold on to, but they, but they have nothing to grasp because their house isn't built on the rock. Mm-hmm. And for your daughter or for my children or, or whatever, for those who we love, both, both in our families and outside and in the world, 
all we desire is for them to come into these truths and know them. And of course, for us, um, as, as ministers of the gospel, as Acts Church, this body, as, as, as a minister for the gospel, um, we just want to put this information out there for both ourselves to be reminded of it and for the world to know that they can also have it if they'll be in Christ. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and, and how I believe he works to minister to us the peace of Christ that he's left with us and given to us. Uh, John 16, 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, the spirit of truth, that's extremely important, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. If we're going to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, We have to live in truth. That means we have to speak the truth to ourselves. That means that we have to speak the truth to others and to the church and to build each other up with the truth. Out in the world, for all those who the Holy Spirit is drawing to himself, we need to continue to speak the truth. It says in Psalm 119, 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We have to take, this is truth. It is truth, okay? If you, if you doubt that, let's talk about it because I, this is the word of God. It is truth, this, this scripture. And if we will hide it in our hearts and if we will think about it and think about it before we go to bed and think about it when we wake up and constantly speak the truth to ourselves about who we are, about who Christ is, about all these passages that we've read about having his peace, that he's overcome the world, that we're more than conquerors, that there's nothing that's ever from his love, you will see your, it is, it is, in my opinion, impossible for a person to be a Christ follower who has the Holy Spirit, who continuously just bathes in this truth, just, just eats it like a, like a good meal, right? Just, just taste the goodness of the truth to also at the same time have their anxiety and their depression and so on go through the roof. Mm-hmm. You will see over time, and I think even immediately a reduction in the kinds of fear and troubled heart and all the rest. If you speak the truth to yourself and, and listen to the truth from others. I mean, sometimes you got to seek out the body of Christ as we build each other up, right? We have to speak the truth. That is the power. When you're speaking the truth of the word, that is the Holy Spirit working in you. He, he does do that. That's what he does. He reminds us of what's true. He teaches us what's true. And so we have to continuously, this, church, this is the most important thing that, that you can learn in dealing with these things and in building your trust up and your faith up in Christ is that you must continuously speak the truth. What it does is it gives us instant perspective. Mm-hmm. It is so easy to lose perspective and to have a difficult thing happen, and it becomes we our focus becomes so like locked in on that thing, the bill that isn't getting paid. Oh my gosh, we're going to get evicted, or or we're going to get our you know our home is going to get foreclosed on, or whatever. And that might even be true mm-hmm. that those things might happen. But the whole world comes down to this one thing, and what happens is, oh man, it starts right here in the chest, and it kind of goes up, and you start to spin right mm-hmm. the fear. If in that moment. You said, I'm going to forget about that for a second. I'm going to go straight to the scripture and I'm going to read in Romans, right? I'm going to read the whole chapter of Romans 8 and, and, and how there's nothing that can separate from, from his love and how he's got me and how I have Christ's peace and how he's overcome the world and, and how I do not have to worry. I do not have to fear. I don't have to let my heart be troubled that even if I am evicted or lose my home or somebody comes to my house and, and 
steals everything or it burns down or whatever, that I have the joy of the Lord in my heart, that I'm saved, I have eternal life, and that he's got a plan for all of it. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, then fear has no place to get in because you're focused on ultimately what all these passages are, which are the love of God. Yeah? Yeah. Sweet. Let's keep going. Um, you know, we, we believe that there are still people in the world who are coming into, by being drawn by the Holy Spirit and coming into the resurrection, transformational power of redemption in God through Jesus Christ. We believe that we are still making disciples for Christ. If you go out right outside this room on the wall, you've got the Great Commission, right? That we're to go out in all the world and make disciples. We're making disciples for Jesus, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that he's commanded. We believe that that is still happening in power right now. We believe and we know with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength that we love God and that Life is good in God and that we have a message in the gospel that is that the world needs to hear, has needed to hear for 2,000 years and needs to hear more now maybe than ever before as people just become, as, as postmodernism or this idea that there is no truth, that there's no authority, that there's nothing out there, that there's no right, that there's no wrong, that, that it's just, an, you know, my team against your team, against this team, against that team, and let's hope it all works out, that that is nonsense and falsehood, and that instead there is peace and life in Christ. Uh, it says in Philippians 121, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, what does that mean to me? Well, not to me. What it means, <laughs> for sure, uh, is that in Christ, life is good. Now, now, that word means something much more than, hmm, this ice cream is good. Uh, this, this water here is good. Hmm, it's okay. Um, but but there's, a, there's the idea of good in, the, in terms of this thing is pleasant or this thing is whatever. Good, like God being good is so much deeper than that and so much more adventurous than that and so much more, more seriousness. So when we say it's good, what we mean is it's good, like godly good to, to be in Christ and to live in him. It's also gain for a Christ follower to die. Mm-hmm. That when we die, that when this physical body in, in this fallen world goes, that it be absent for the bodies, be present with the Lord, that we are going to be renewed, remade, transformed completely, that in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, right, it's happening, right? And all things will be made new. And so for us, we gotta, we gotta keep that in mind as one of these, as one of these scriptures to remember, to live is Christ and it's good. To die is gain and it's good. And so whether we live or whether we die, mm-hmm. We just, we do it for Christ. We live in him. We trust him with our spouse, with our children, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, family, whatever. We trust that God has them and that he has us and that we can live in the good in God. And that if we don't live and we die and whatever, whatever happens, lots of people have died this year from diseases. People have died from this fire. People have died. I mean, it's rough. But if we die for the Christ follower, we're actually gaining because we're going to be with Christ. Now, now for you, yeah. Because when I was your age, you know, I, you know, that's when the Lord was first bringing me back to Himself when I was right about your age. And I'm not sure that I that I could think about the younger you are, the harder it is to think about the die is gain part. It's like, mm. well, actually, you know, I kind of was hoping to get a nice car or or whatever it is that we kind of look at the world and we think. 
how, where are you, because you're going to be able to speak to your generation more than, than I can. Mm-hmm. Where are you in terms of for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Can you equally assert that both of those are true and that you fully believe that? Um, cerebrally, yes. Like, like mentally, I understand that. that. I don't know I mean, that like, like in my head, I okay. understand. Yes. Like okay. I can, I can process the logic of it and say, yes, obviously to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, I think in my, you know, I, I have limited perspective, so I can't necessarily see right. just how, how good it is to be with Christ, um, as opposed to, uh, living, um, and well, so, you're living in both cases, right? Well, yes, but, but I mean, living in this world, to, right. yes, yeah, continuing this life. Right. Um, but I definitely feel like a, uh, a heart pull to like, you know, see my daughter grow up or however many kids I have grow up um, and to see, you know, the ministry of this church grow and to see, um, you know, all the things that, you know, all the things that you hope for in your life, you want to see those things come to completion. Um, and so that's that's where I kind of get caught up of like, well, I kind of would be, you know, would prefer the live part and not to die <laughs> part. <laughs> I'm more concerned about the pain part of the dying than I am. Uh, I mean, you know, I just, I don't yes, like exactly. that. I mean, obviously I don't like to be in that, pain. But. Let me, let me give you and, and everybody else in Christ's church, it's just a message to the church. The more that you move, the hope that we have of the, of the good things that we do experience here to the hope of the ultimate good, which mm-hmm. is, being with Christ. The more that you do that, and it tends to happen, the more, the longer we're in Christ, we tend to move our, our sort of hope. I mean, I guess it's easy, easier when you get much, much older. And it's very clear that there's only a certain amount of time (laughs) left, but the more that you move where you say, these things are good, but they are a shadow. They are, they are the real experience with your daughter is in heaven, in Christ with her and seeing her fully as who he made her to be and you fully. And so the more that we move our mindset away from those things as, as having any kind of comparison with the things of God. Now, having said that, I think that Paul here, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this and us can say, it's good to do ministry. Mm-hmm. It's good to, to continue on in the joy of Christ, knowing that we've overcome and knowing, yep, we're going to face tribulation, but to see people come into the kingdom, to disciple them, to love them, to be with them. Those are all good things. We should, we should not only care, just like gazing at the sky. When do I get to go to heaven? When do right. I get? We shouldn't be that way at, at one level. At another level, we should always be that way. Right. And so you have to hold both of those things in tension. That it's good that I should be here for you, for mm-hmm. your family, for my family, for whatever. And the same for you, that you should be here for my family, for your family, for the church, for the body. But it is so good, mm-hmm. better, far to be with Christ. Right. And so we need to walk in that. And if we're walking in that, when the difficulties come, we can always keep in mind that while this is good, it is a gain to, to die. And so it's just a perspective helper, I think, for us is do not be afraid of death, of pain, of difficulties. Recognize that they may come and that they may be difficult, but do not be afraid of that, especially the things that have not yet happened. Right. That's the place where I think we get the worst is yeah. borrowing trouble, right? It's like, oh, there, this thing's happening here. What happens when it gets here? Or what happens if this happens? Or what the what if scenario, right? You can oh, do yeah, that to yeah. death. Go all day. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I 
have seen a lot mm-hmm. um, and experienced myself a lot, and, and we got to stay away from that. I want to read another scripture. This is Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known? I love when God asks questions. <laughs> have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Then he doesn't fall out, doesn't get tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He knows a lot more than us, Uh. right? Uh, He gives power to the weak, which is all of us. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, I have never run and not been weary, right? Um, because I know what that's like. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, you know, good shape, but you know, I'm not. Um, here's the thing. The idea of renewing, right? That we're going to, we, we who wait on the Lord shall renew our strength. It suggests a couple of things. One, we wait on the Lord. We're looking to him. We are not looking to ourselves. We're not trying to solve the problems ourselves. We're not trying to do all that. We are waiting on the Lord. Some of you, and myself, and you, Hunter, and so on. Some of us need to just be reminded that when the difficulties come, sometimes we need to just go, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to think about Scripture. I'm going to talk to Him. I'm going to listen to what He has to say to me in His Word. I'm going to read these verses that we talked about earlier. I'm going to just, I'm just going to roll with this idea of I'm waiting on Him to what? To renew my strength. Mm-hmm. because we are weak and we feel weak, but all of our strength comes from the Lord who does not faint, does not grow weary. He is never tired. He, he has all the power. And he tells us very clearly that if we wait on him, we'll renew our strength, that we're literally, we're, we're flying like eagles. We're running up being weary. We're walking and not growing faint. Uh, and the idea being we can, we can do this, mm-hmm. right? We can do this. I don't know how often you felt in those spaces where you feel like I, I can't do this. I have definitely felt that mm-hmm. you're a little, you're one of these young men it talks about. So I don't know if you've <laughs> utterly fallen or, or fainted and fainted and gotten weary, but there have been times in my life where I've thought I can't do this. And the only thing I have mm-hmm. is to wait on the Lord. Yeah. Have you experienced that? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think I'll, I think give me from your years and I'll say, no, 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 I, I haven't experienced that like this, <laughs> but uh, there've been times where I've gone. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know how I'm going to go on in this, uh, in this trial. And, uh, yeah, same thing. If we believed this, like we really believed what the scripture said, because we, of course we believe the scripture again. Sometimes we have that cerebral, as you said, Mm because you'd like to use the $5 words, (laughs) the, the mental belief. Yes, this is true. But if we, this was in our hearts, how would we face the difficulties of the world. If if somebody came in and said, hey, I'm dealing with this or I'm dealing with that, if we believed the Lord does not get weary, the Lord does not get tired, he will give us strength. I think that we would approach when difficulty came differently. And, I, and that's the call because church, listen, we are going to be bringing the gospel to the world, to our area. We have to, have to, Stop relying on ourselves. Stop relying on the things that we've been relying on. Stop relying on leaders over here or, or celebrities over there or whatever it is that we, or our own bank accounts or our own way. We got to stop doing that because those things are not where strength comes from. We've got to start relying on 
the strength of the Lord because he does not get weary and he does not faint. And if we don't want to get weary and faint, we got to wait on him to renew our strength. The idea is that we're, you know, it's the vine and the branches. We're constantly receiving from him that which we have to go forward and do what he's called us to do. So no more worrying. Mm -hmm. Clearly, slow down and trust God. Because he has work for you to do. If you are listening to this right now, you are part of the Body X Church, or he's calling you to be part of this body, he has real work of eternal value for you. Real work of eternal value, drawing people to know him as he draws them with his Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're one that he's drawing right now as you're listening to this, and you can know him today. All you need to do is confess Repent of your sin. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Call him Lord, that Jesus is Lord. Believe that God raised his only begotten son from the dead, that he died for your sins, and that you are free in him. If you will just do that, he will be faithful to forgive, and you will be in him. That's it. Then give us a, a, a call. Give us an email us at info at actschurchnw.org and say, listen, I just got saved from my sin. I love Jesus now. And we'll, and we'll get together with you. We'll talk with you. We'll set up time to, to get you baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and see you move forward. For those of you who are already in Christ, recognize that we are going to be busy. We've got work to do. And it starts with what we do here on Sunday mornings, it's, it's about prayer. It's about, it's about connecting with one another. It's about being unified. You who are in Christ are his saints. You're his children. He loves you. He has real work for you to do. We're hard pressed, right? We're, we're emotionally spent. Uh, we need to have our strength renewed. No, don't forget that in the first century, Christ's disciples saw him arrested, mm-hmm. saw Jesus die. Yeah. Then they saw him alive again. And because of that, because they went through, I mean, it was, they were running. Yeah. Right? There, he, and this was not long after he had just said, don't let your trouble, heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Right? You have, I've given you my peace. I leave you, with you my peace. He dies and they're like, whoop. They were not, they were not experiencing his peace. Then they see him alive again. And, and seeing him alive again, which we have the experience of knowing Jesus as alive, risen from the dead, they walked with boldness in massive persecution and difficulty mm-hmm. unto death of the body for most of them. And they didn't fear. That's who we are called to be. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So I want to go through, uh, and, and we're probably running short on time. I want to go through uh, some verses in 2 Corinthians 4. So you can bring your Bible up to that. Starting at the beginning, we're going to do a few and skip a few as we kind of go through this. But I want to go through it, and then I want to just talk about it as we go, okay? It says this, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. If you feel like you're losing heart, we do not lose heart. Call somebody. Read the scripture. Get together with the church, because we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, which you will see more and more and more as what's called apostasy continues to pervade the world. You know what apostasy is? You want to describe that? Leaving basically 
turning your back on the faith. Yeah, and saying, right. Abandoning the faith, abandoning uh, the, the truth of Christ, and instead preaching some crafty, as he says here, uh, uh, you know, handling the word of God deceitfully. So you'll see that more and more. Not here, Lord willing, and, and by his grace, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is, this is huge right here. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Earthen vessels, right? There's a, there was a band, Jars of Clay. And I think that's what this comes from this uh, passage, I'm assuming. I don't think they just called themselves jars of clay randomly. Um, you can go listen to them. They're pottery fans. Uh, yeah, they're, they just really like pottery. Uh, here's the thing. We have this treasure, the gospel. We have the gospel, the hope of the world, and yet we have it in these broken bodies. Recently, I have a very close, uh, dear, dear friend who just had a valve replaced in her heart. Um and I, and I watch it and she's recovering and, and, and that's great, but that's an earthen vessel. Mm-hmm. That's a jar of clay. Uh, you know, my dad, Pastor Dave, he rides around on a scooter around here. I mean, you've seen this, right? Yeah, it's great. I'm sorry, dad, but you do. You ride around on a scooter sometimes because, you know, it's easier right, right. <laughs> because he's 70 years old and, right. and it just gets easier, right? Um, I think he just really likes riding a scooter, to be fair. I'm not sure how much it has to do with the earthen vessel, like but I get into bed at night sometimes. This is, this is, this is me. This is a little of my life. I get into bed. My wife will be like, what happened? What, what happened? And I'm like, what? I have no idea what she's talking about. I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? She's like, you're breathing really hard. <laughs> got, got chased on the way in here. <laughs> I, I walk up one flight of stairs and apparently I'm breathing hard enough for my wife to be concerned. <laughs> right. Like, what happened? What did you just do? Right. Like she thought I just got done on, with a four mile run right. <laughs> because I walked up the stairs. We do not live in a big house. It's just one floor. Yeah. Walk up the stairs. By the time I get into bed, she's like, what happened to you? Are you okay? <laughs> um, yeah. She really needs to get a new model as far as husbands are concerned. <laughs> but that's, that's a thing. <laughs> earthen vessel. This is an earthen vessel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Understand that. Like, if you get that, it's easier to deal with all the stuff that's going on. Yeah, it's an earthen vessel. But the glorious thing is that we have this treasure. We have the gospel. God knows that we're jars of clay. God knows that this world has fallen, that our bodies are, are in a difficult spot. And a lot of you are like, yeah, amen. My back hurts right now. I just had to stand up off the couch for a minute and stretch it out. I get it. Earthen vessels. That's where we're at. Okay, no problem. So we take the treasure that we have and we let the glory of God be shown in the fact that he would entrust us with this treasure, with the gospel. Listen to the next part. Verse eight, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus may also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. We will, will always be dealing with the suffering of our bodies, our, the, the, our physical possessions, all, all, all of the, the things that are, that are tied to the world. That's just the way it is. And in our bodies, we will experience 
the essentially the uh, winding down of our of our flesh because of the fallenness of the world, and yet because of that, as as the death of Christ is is manifested as we go through that. The life of Jesus is also manifested through our bodies, through our mouths, through what we say, through what we do, through how we hug, through how we care. All of that is there too. I'm going to skip to verse 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Remember at the beginning, it says, we do not lose heart. And now we're back to that. So we're, we're, he's, it's a refrain. He's repeating this again. Therefore, because of all that, we do not lose heart. He tells you don't lose heart, goes through all this is why. We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, very clear. Mm-hmm. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Men and women of God, while your body is struggling, your inward man, the spirit of God is working with your spirit and is renewing you and transforming you every single day. Verse 17, for our light affliction. Now, you know something about Paul. Okay, so he's in prison while well, he's writing this, I believe. And he has been stoned however many times, beaten however many times, shipwrecked a day and a night at sea, all these things, right? He's gone through, I mean, amazing, intense, being chased out of cities, being difficulties. He calls it light affliction, okay? So to him, most of the stuff we've been experiencing is barely affliction. Right. Light affliction, the guy's basically, basically almost being killed all the time. Right. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, and this is what he dealt with this in most of his life, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This, this, is, my, this is my exhortation and my encouragement to the church today. There is a lot that you do not see that is working an eternal weight of glory that as you suffer and as you struggle, as you face difficulties, you're being renewed and the work that God is doing through you is for his glory eternally and that you will experience the joy of that both now, if you will allow yourself to experience it and live in his peace and for eternity, things that you can't even imagine right now. And that what we're going through, no matter what we want to say, no matter how hard it is, death Disease, destruction, it's a light affliction in comparison, in comparison to what you will experience for eternity. Mm-hmm. We're only here for a little while. We're only here for a moment. In, in comparison to eternity, it's nothing. It's nothing. Believe that what you suffer now is working out an eternal weight of glory and things that you cannot now see, but they're eternal things. How, how does that how does that make you feel as a person who's relatively young mm-hmm. um, and an adult? As we said, you're definitely an adult, yes, but relatively Thank young. You. Do you sense that when you when you go through difficult things? I've made you work like seven hours during a week or whatever mm-hmm. it happens to be, right? And and you're and you're struggling and you're and you're suffering some and so on. Do you ever stop to think about the unseen in that? About the idea, about the fact that while it is suffering, while it is difficult, that there's an eternal weight of glory behind that. Yeah, probably not enough, but uh, I definitely do think about you know when I've, when it's like, man, I am am tired or whatever it is, or you know, especially last summer, it was like we were plugging away on on getting this building remodeled so we could um, start having services in here, and it was like, man, this is 
This is a lot. Um, there was a lot. But, you know, well, and I mean, that was kind of something that I could see. I didn't have to look eternally to even see um, the payoff. I could see just in the coming month, weeks and months that we were going to be able to start ministering through this building. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously the, all that has eternal implications of right. what's happening. Um, and so, yeah, I think when it, it's kind of that same thing of perspective, when, when I get closed in on this issue, like, you know, I'm tired or uh, I'm sore or whatever it is, um, stepping back and getting the eternal perspective of why I'm doing this, why, um, what my purpose is on this earth, what I've been called to makes the trials seem like light affliction, you know? Um, yeah. Even when it probably is light affliction. You did complain a lot, to be fair, but <laughs> no, you didn't complain that much. It was a lot of work. And it was certain things we could see, like, you know, fluorine and lights and stuff, you know, right. whatever, for things to build for things that we cannot see. Right. which is those who will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in this building who already have, and those who will be baptized right over here, and, 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 and those who will be discipled and grow in him. Uh, eternal things that we did this temporal thing in order to facilitate those eternal things. Uh, that's a good example. Everything that you do and that you struggle and that you suffer and so on that you do for the Lord is building up that eternal weight of glory. And keep that in mind because that's a blessing. When you're, if you know that I worked hard and I put this money away into, you know, my retirement account and it's getting whatever, 5% a year. And by the time I'm whatever age, it will build so that I can have some comfort in, you know, when I'm no longer able to physically work anymore. That's, that's, you know, people like that. Mm-hmm. They, they feel good about that. It's building a, a, that's a very small weight, not even glorious. It's just kind of taking care. You are putting away in heaven, storing up treasures in heaven where moth does not destroy, right? Rust doesn't destroy, moth doesn't need anything. You are storing up for yourself things that have an eternal weight of glory. Keep that in mind. Another truth that the Holy Spirit can can speak to us if we will let him. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes, and we're going to kind of wrap it up here. I think sometimes that we when we do struggle, when we do suffer, and and let me be clear about it. I want to separate two things. Comfort or overly comfort and rest. You need rest. Right, right. You need that Sabbath rest. Yeah, the Lord has has called us that, you know, we work six days, we take a, a day, and we rest. And I don't think we rest enough. I, I can tell you that I, I struggle with resting enough sometimes. That's important. Comfort over, uh, when we overly seek out after comfort, that's not great. That's where God will start to, um, the Holy Spirit will start to, to call me to account, right? Mm-hmm. Is if I'm overly seeking out comfort, we have to be very careful because we chase comfort a lot. Mm-hmm. And we have to question whether we would sometimes trade holiness for comfort, whether that's in relationships and a failure, a fear of conflict, whether that's, I don't want to go do that thing. I'm not going to make it to church today. Not recognizing that it's not about what it's doing for you, but what you may be doing for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, and those holy um, uh, connections that God may have for you. We got to rely on God for our strength, not on ourselves, not on the world. We cannot continuously seek comfort when what we need to be doing is getting to work, especially as the time is short. We need to rely on God's strength and believe that he will give us all that we need to go forward because we're holding eternity in our hearts. We have it and, we, and we're here to share it. We've got to be ready to let go of our idols of comfort. And there's nothing better for that than as we see literally in this case, the world burn. 
as we see pandemics, as we see these things, that we realize that the things that we've held on to, it is an illusion that we have the kind of security that we, that we like to have and that makes us feel comfortable. You know, I, I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. I've got this thing. I've got certain freedoms. I've got certain stuff. I've got a bank account. I've got whatever. And you see people and they lose everything. And you go, okay, I know that none of, nothing is guaranteed. Mm. We, we can let go of the idol of security in comfort, security in these things. Because 2020 may become 2021. <laughs> and the memes in 2021 may say, if only I could have 2020 back. <laughs> we don't know. That may be what the memes are then. Remember how great 2020 was? <laughs> because things can go worse. There is no promise of comfort. There is no promise of comfort. Our only hope is Jesus. Not just to help us in the small things. I lost my keys. Jesus, help me find my keys. Do that because I have definitely done that and found my keys. Um, uh, But that is not primarily what he's there for. He's there for the tough times to empower us through all that we go through. I, I really do believe that the church is being shaken right now. It's being shaken. And those who are apostate, who have not revealed themselves to be apostate uh, out of the church, have, have denied the gospel and the power of the gospel, they're going to start to be seen more and more. Sort of, we talked about in Psalm 1, sort of the wheat and the chaff, right? That the wicked, they're like chaff, they're going to blow away. And I believe that the, that the church is being shaken. And those of us that are, that are just locked in, rooted into the rock, the fountain of living water, the rock, we're obviously, we're going to be there because it's, it's not so much that we've put our roots in him, but that he's holding on to us. And as it, as it shakes, the, the, those who are not in the Lord are going to fall away. And I think we're going to see that more and more and more as we move forward. And we need to be a body that is totally locked in because we are the body of Jesus Christ. I mean, that is an incredible thing. We say it a lot. I don't know if we, if we think about the impact that has. And we who are in him, who are in Christ, who are, who are in the rock, we got to hold on to him. But here's the other thing. We got to hold on to each other. We need to hold on to each other in unity. I don't know why um, it has happened that we have become so self-sufficient, like a lot of people have become very self-sufficient. They kind of go it alone. They kind of white knuckle their way to holiness and growth. And they kind of, I don't really know that I want to, or I'll just come to church and I'll sit in the back or I don't really want to get into the life group or I don't want to, I don't, I don't know what's brought all that. I could give you some guesses, but I don't know. But I can tell you this, there's no longer any room for that. There's no longer any room for going it alone. It's no longer any room for trying to white knuckle your way to holiness and growth. We need each other as the body of Christ, as the shield wall. We have to be reaching out and comforting one another with the truth. That means we have to be together. Some can't uh, for physical reasons, but they still have a phone and they can call and they can email and we can, and we can send. A, my mom's always sending out cars. You've probably gotten one yep. before. Yeah, there I've you go. We need to be the body of Christ. If you are watching this because you're like, I don't go to church anymore. I can do it on my own. Listen, those times are over. They never should have been at all, but there's no way you're making it that way now. We have to be united. We have to be united. You guys got to be reaching out to one another. Not, it's not something that Hunter and myself and Pastor Dave and Pastor Daniel and Susan and the staff and the elders can do all by themselves. We've got to be, we've got to be linked together as the church shakes and those who are really not even part start to fall away. Those who are there, we need to hold on to each other all the tighter as we hold on to Christ. Listen to this last scripture for today. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, 
humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But these things, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I want to stop there for a second. Starts out with all the things that I think kind of separate us out, right? Uh, we get upset. We start to build. We, we got bitterness. We got whatever. And listen, you probably have some of this and you need to seek your heart, look in your heart about this. Do you have some bitterness? Do you have some, I go to church with this person, but I really prefer not. If there's any of that, it's time with Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also do. And putting on love above all things, you need to do that. That's where we need to be. We need to repent if we're not there and we need to do that. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Listen, this is it. This is, this is how the Holy Spirit is working within the church. We need to be teaching each other, exhorting one another, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, in word and deed, Everything that we do needs to be done for Jesus and the church needs to be fully unified. I don't care if you prefer each other, you know, in terms of, hey, he likes this and she likes that and I'm not really, I don't care. The love needs to be, as we would say, without dissimulation, complete, total forgiveness, grace, because we have work to do and we cannot do it if we're not going to be unified. And we cannot do it if we're going to be looking to our comforts and our little pet sins instead of looking to Christ and what he wants to do. Like it's time to get an eternal view and it's time to move forward. So we need Jesus Christ. We need each other. The Father in heaven loves you. I love you. The elders of this local expression of the body of Christ love you. The staff loves you. The deacons love you. The leaders of these ministries love you. You love each other. Let's rest in the strength of the Father the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And do not be overcome with fear, for Jesus Christ has overcome the world. This is all I want for you. This is all that Christ wants to do in you, is to transform you and draw you to himself and see us make disciples where others can be transformed. Please do not allow those things that are going on in the world right now to cause you fear. Go back through the beginning of this message after it's over and and get all those scriptures and write them down and start reading them every morning, every night, whatever you need to do, because that is the attack to fear. And that is how we bring peace, the Holy Spirit, bringing these things to our mind. Anything else that you want to add, Hunter? No, no, I think this is very uh, a good reminder and a good uh, encouragement at with you know wrapping up the the summer and everything uh, not necessarily how most of us thought our our first nine months of 2020 were going to go, but um, I think the Lord's the only one who knew yeah. what 2020 was going to look like or the future from there. I just I just so desperately do it hurts me to see you all suffer and I know how many of you are suffering but I also know I've also seen God doing great things in marriages and people um and, and so I believe that while we're suffering and struggling he's also at work as he always is and all I want to see is that he's called us it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing anywhere else he's called us in this place at this time at this church anyone who's called 
to this church or called to pray for this church or called to give to this church or called to work within this church. You're called to be part of the body of Christ here. And, and I really believe, I know that God is going to continue to do amazing things and that we're going to see growth spiritually in ourselves, that we're going to see growth of people who are coming to know Jesus Christ, that we're going to see baptisms, that we're going to see uh, healing, that we're going to, all of the things that God wants to do as he transforms us. And so keep the faith. Do not lose heart. Do not fear. Let's pray. Father, give us all of this. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us peace that you've left with us, Lord. Jesus, we can do nothing without you. You are the vine. We are the branches. If we abide in you, things will be good. If we don't, they will not. But Lord, take away fear. Lord, I pray spiritual protection for your church. I pray physical protection for your church. I pray that my brothers and my sisters who are suffering and struggling would be lifted up in you, would would find your arms hugging them, holding them tight and saying, nothing will separate you from me as you say that to us in your scripture, Lord. I pray that we would live it and that we would feel it and that we would fear nothing. And Lord, make us powerful in your spirit for you and for your kingdom. And Lord, we pray you come quickly, Lord, that you would make all things new. Bring your church home. We love you, Lord. Let us go out in your power, Lord. Give us strength this week in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope the Lord blessed you through it. We'd like to invite you to join us on one of our Sunday morning services at either 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Whether you would just like to find out some more info about Axe Church or if you'd like to plug in and take some next steps in your faith, axechurchnw.org is a great place to start. You can also email us at info at There's always more content coming, whether it's on YouTube or on our podcast channel. So be sure to subscribe to both of those to always get the newest content from Axe Church. Until next time, we hope you have a blessed week.